listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Hi there, it's Jeff Munn for Tim Healy, and I'll explain why I'm here and he's not in a moment. And we will have head coach Herm Edwards in just a second because we're going to change things up a little bit tonight. Uh, with our opening, and uh, we normally have a lot of fun on the show, and we will, but I wanted to start and bring Coach on right off the top because I wanted to take a moment to talk about some news that we got earlier this week. One of the great Sun Devil legends of all time, Curly Culp, announced on his Twitter account that uh, he has stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and I know that uh, a lot of people have already sent along their best wishes, and Coach, I wanted to give you a chance to, to do that as well. Well, obviously our prayers go with his family and Curly, and um, it's kind of ironic. I know growing up, um, you know, I knew he went to the, was a Sun Devil, but also knew he was a Kansas City Chief. Yes. And a great player uh, back in those days when they had the mini backs and uh, Dawson was the quarterback. Yes. And, you know, it was they were Otis Taylor was one of the receivers and Elmo Wright. They had them all, right? And, yeah. And, and Curley was a was a great player. Uh, I met him when I was, was with the Chiefs, obviously, and um, a great great human being. And, and we're praying for him. Absolutely, no all of us in Sun Devil Nation send along to the Culp family our best wishes. We know there are some difficult days ahead, and you're very much in our thoughts and prayers. And as difficult as it is to make a transition, we will do that right now. This uh, show, as you know by now comes to you live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. It is formatted like a football game. So as a coach once said to me years ago, put that ball on the tee and let's get after it. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And indeed, let's all welcome ASU head football coach Herm Edwards. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wait a minute. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's go. They're watching the football game. It's more important. Oh, boy. They're they're watching the game. You know what? They're going to be watching a basketball game at 830 because the reason Tim is not here tonight is because the ASU men's basketball team is in San Diego to take on San Diego State. And it'll be right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, right after we're done at 8 o'clock. So stay right where you are. Your whole evening is planned with Sun Devil Sports Network programming. Uh there's a, a guy, and we were just talking about him a minute or so ago before we came on the air, a fellow named Al Davis that used to say, just win, baby. Mr. Davis. And that was kind of, to me, that was the theme of last Saturday night in Washington. Just win, baby. You got it done. We did, and, and it's a credit to uh, to the players uh, as well as the coaching staff. Um, and you get down on the road like that uh, against a team that has a pretty good defense, uh, and you just kind of keep pecking away at it. And, and we found some points in the second quarter. Um, before the half ended, and then I thought um, in the third quarter was big for us. Uh, we were going to possess the ball after um, the halftime and, yes. and got some points on the board again. And then I thought we just kept just picking away, picking away, and before you know it, in the fourth quarter, scored 21 and held them to six. So um, it was quite a game. The You had mentioned here on the show last week, we were talking a lot about the change in offensive coordinators, and you had said you, you, a team can pick up tendencies off the first few possessions. Their first two possessions, long touchdown drives, that was pretty much it after that. And you'd mentioned Monday that Antonio did a great job of picking up the tendencies on Washington's offense. Yeah, and and generally it was was scripted, and uh, we couldn't get off the field. And that's what happens when they have scripted plays like that. They continue to just march the ball down the field. Nothing nothing in big chunks, but enough to – they had us off balance a little bit. You know, they went to the perimeter right away with some screens and then hit us on a couple runs and – they got the flow going. They had a lot of energy in the stadium. 
And I thought our guys did a nice job of um, dealing with adversity. Didn't blink. Just kept just kept plugging away and, and got seven points on the board. And then we had a bad kick uh, before the half ended. Yes. And uh, they got into field goal range and kicked the field goal. And, and that put them up. Uh, uh, you know, and, and you're sitting there going, boy, you know, because you feel like you're one score down and you go, oh, now they're up by 10. Yes. But then the third quarter we get points on the board and you feel like, okay, the offense is starting to figure out the defense is, is calmed down now. And, uh, and in the fourth quarter, uh, that's when it really happened for us offensively. Another strong running game uh, as a team, and in particular Rashad White again. Um, and that's always good to see when your running game is working like that, especially you get a lead and you can turn to that running game and just take the time right off the clock. And that's important. And I think anytime you go into the weather and you go up to the northeast, uh, you go to places where you play outside, um, we've always said this, even in pro football, when the leaves come out of the, off the trees in, 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 in you know, November, Thanksgiving, right. um, good run game, strong defense. That's what travels on the road. And that's what you had Saturday night uh, up at UW. Um, a few co- uh, questions coming out of that game. Uh, Jaden's performance, I, I know you're not concerned from the standpoint of he's managing the offense, you're running the ball well, but are you and Zach kind of looking at the things, breaking down the film to try to help his productivity? Well, we have to get more, be more explosive in the passing game. And um, a lot of it has to do with the timely uh, the timing of the receivers and, and, and obviously the quarterback. And we've missed some, we, we, and, you know, and we've dropped some. <laughs> yeah. All those things add to it. Um, but I think when you're running the ball that well, and right now when you look at our offense, uh, number three is a good player. He's not bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when you give him the ball, and he, not only does he run for four yards, all of a sudden he's run for 40 yards. It's like, whoa. But we have to get some some plays in the passing games because people are going to, this week especially, right, we're going on the road. Right. Um, they're going to stack the box. And, and then we have to make some hay passing the ball. And that was going to lead to my next question. Obviously, it, it's about adjustments in the game of football week to week. And you've had two consecutive games where you've run the ball so well. See, obviously, you're expecting Oregon State to do something. And, and you mentioned it, stack the box. They're going to do that. Um, but But that still doesn't vary your game plan in, in such a way where you say we're going to abandon the run. We can never do that. We, no. we, I promise you we won't do that. But I think there's going to come some, some time in that game where there's going to be some op- opportunities where you have to throw the ball and make some plays. Because yeah. if you don't, then it becomes cumbersome. It becomes very difficult if they can continue to just put eight guys in the box. and you know. So we got to do some things to loosen that up. And Oregon State runs the ball well. Oh, I mean, boy. they really run it well. I know you were joking after the game last Saturday that, that the game this coming Saturday could be over in an hour and a half. Well, it's kind of ironic because we've played them three times. And when you think about um, the scoring and the running, we've run it for about 800 yards. They've run it for 600 yards. Uh, we've scored about 132 points. They've scored about 92. So this is not one of those games, a 10-7 game. I mean, this is the number one offense in our conference. Period. And the pack, people might not know that, but they're the number right. one. They're the number one Absolutely. offense in the Pac-12, and we happen to be the number one defense. So it's interesting. But this game has always been a game where you have to score in the high thirties, forty points. I mean, that's. I mean, last year, you know, we, we're fortunate. It was fifty-two to twenty-four. Um, or excuse me, uh, 2018, 52-24, and then in 2019, 
close one, 35-34. Last year was 46-33. So the ball is going to get moved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's funny. Fans, they they see a score like that, a 46-33, and they think, oh, the, they must have been throwing a ball all over the place. No. And, and both teams can run, and, and this is – and, and I've said it, and, and I mean it. This offense is, is, is really good. They do a nice job. And, and Jonathan Smith is, is, is a, a, a very good football coach. And, and they play to their strengths. And uh, they do enough to keep you off balance. You know, they can run it. They, different type, uh, different formations, different personnel groups. They boot you some. They, can, they stretch. They, they do it all. And, it's, and then the passing game comes off that, and then they take shots down the field on you. So, this is a hard offense to stop. <laughs> the, I know uh, I've heard you talk in the past about how much you admire what Jonathan Smith has mm-hmm. done at Oregon State, and it's it's really been something to watch him gradually build this thing up. We know what he was able to do as, as an assistant to Chris Peterson at Washington. Now he's back at his alma mater, and they're bowl eligible. No doubt, and um, I'm happy for him because of who he is as a coach and just knowing him when I met him and you know, he, he does a, a really good job with his players. They play hard. Uh, they got a great fan base. <laughs> I told our players, get ready for the chainsaw. <laughs> you know, they That's have that right. chainsaw up there. It's unbelievable. That's right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's fabulous. I, I just think it's fabulous. You know what? That's what makes college football so unique. You know, every venue you might go to, there's there's something different. Yeah. You know, and you just, I look at it and I just smile. I said, who comes up with stuff like this? Yeah. And it's. It's funny you bring that up. They they tell people all the time. Best, it's they've been ranked the best college town in the country. I go up there enough with basketball. Yeah. I can tell you that thirty years ago, that was not the case. And it was it's ironic that Saturday night they're going to honor the two thousand one Fiesta Bowl team that put a hurt on, on Notre Dame right in the stadium down the street. They got it all going. They got that going. Oh yeah. They got senior night. I mean. It's, we're, we're walking into something now. Yeah, and they, they're gearing up for it. And, yep. But that 2001 team turned that whole community around. Yeah, and that was uh, – Jonathan was on that team, I believe. He right? was the quarterback. He was the quarterback, and, and uh, Ocho Cinco, Chad yes, Johnson's dad was on that That's right. So it's a lot going on. Yeah, it'll be quite a night for them. That's a fun role to be in as an opponent, though, because you kind of take that it's us against the world mentality, and it's always a great motivator. Well, it is, and I think our players are, are well aware of um, what they're capable of doing. We played them three times, and I, and I just gave you the numbers. Yeah. And so the numbers are the numbers. And, and offensively, you know, it's one of those games where we, we have to score points, too. You know, right. we're going to have to score some points. I mean, because you're, you're not winning this 13 to seven. Well, and it puts uh, it, it puts a little emphasis, obviously, on on Antonio and his defensive game planning. Yeah, no doubt. And um, as I said, you know, it's just one of those games where you can anticipate if it if it plays out like it has three, in the three times we played them, teams are moving the ball. And the other the other thing uh, before we go to a break. They, too, have had a change in coordinators, but they've had a game under their current interim defensive coordinator. Yes. So you got a little more film to work with. We do. And, um, you know, and again, when you, when you change coordinators, that's, that's great. But really, you got to understand the players. Yeah. Because you still have the players. And, and what do I do to help the players be successful? So, and they've done that. And last week did a nice job. And um, we anticipate pressure uh, and, and a lot of eight-man boxes. 
Well, it's, it, it's, you know, the more you talk about the matchup, the more I'm like, can we just start now? Because I can't wait for Saturday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be at 8.30 uh, Saturday evening in Corvallis at Reeser Stadium. That means our pregame coverage here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Sun Devil Radio Network will start Saturday evening at 6. All right, second quarter of our program is up next, and we welcome both a defensive and offensive player, defensive back Jordan Clark, and quarterback Trenton Borgay joins us on all of they join us if I get my grammar right on all aboard with Herm Edwards right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. And back at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. By the way, this is our home each uh, week during the football season for All Aboard with Herm Edwards. I may mention too very quickly that next week. We will be on Wednesday because Thursday, of course, is Thanksgiving. And who are we previewing? Oh, that's right. School down south. Never mind. We won't talk about them right now. But anyway, uh, be here Wednesday for the show. Right now, I want you all to welcome a couple of special guests. First of all, welcome Sun Devil cornerback Jordan Clark. Applause, 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 applause. And Sun Devil quarterback Trenton Borgay. More applause, more applause, more applause. Fellas, thanks for uh, coming by this evening. Is it is it an offensive guy, defensive guy? There's no there's no tension here, right? Uh, never, never. Uh, same team, same team. That's I like to hear that. Jordan, you've had uh, kind of an interesting year. Nineteen tackles is that that now? Teams throw the ball a lot this in this day and age in football. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that you already have nineteen tackles on the year at the cornerback position. Yes, sir. Um, you know, that's that's a product, you know, really of just the, the philosophy we have on defense, just to run to the ball, you know what I'm saying, make tackles, get 11 hats on the ball every play. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of just how we all try to play. And, you know, I've had chances to make plays, and I'm happy that I've been able to succeed, you know, doing that. And, Trenton, uh, you got into – my mind is just going fuzzy on me, but your appearance in, in the uh, lineup was Stanford, right? Yeah, I got in uh, the beginning of Southern Utah when Jaden was uh, cramping in the third quarter. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I finished the second half of that game, uh, got in against Colorado a little bit, and then uh, the Washington State, the last drive. Let me ask you about, this brings up an interesting point, because we all know that, you know, your backup quarterbacks aren't going to get on the field a lot, but you always have to be ready. Yes. How much does it help? You can turn to a guy like Jordan Mm -hmm. and ask him things about how he's setting up his defense. Does that help you as a quarterback? Uh, yeah, you know, it's definitely a tough job because, you know, you're one snap away from playing and, you know, you're in control of the whole offense. But uh, I really try to, you know, uh, set up my mindset, you know, during the week of preparing like the starter because you never know what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a very fun year, but you always got to stay focused. Jordan, let me turn it around. When you are getting ready for a game, when you're going through your meetings with your position coach, mm-hmm. do you have an opportunity to kind of quiz the quarterbacks in their quarterback room or not maybe not in the room but out of practice about how they would approach certain things offensively um i think trent does a good job you know sometimes he gives us a look uh, like a scout look at quarterback and um he always does the makes the right throws you know what i'm saying makes the right throws makes the throws and, and decisions that a starting quarterback will make so really it's not necessarily actually getting to speak to him about it but more so in just evaluating the way that he plays that practices what he sees as far as the looks that we give him 
and uh, the decisions that he makes. Uh, you bring up a great point about you do a lot of the scout work. Yes, sir. That's got to be one of the toughest jobs in football because you have to replicate. Yep. You get you get how much time do you get to look at film before you've got to go out and do it on the practice field? Uh, so usually we've kind of switched up our practice stuff, but this last couple of weeks we've uh, we've had the twos be the scout team offense. So uh, you know we have scout cards that the the coaches draw up, but you know we're just trying to give the defense the best look, which I personally like doing because you know you're going against one of the top defenses in the country. Um, a great, great defensive back. So you know, if I'm able to, you know, work against them, you know, it makes it makes the games even easier if I do get the time to get in. Are you able, or, or are you trying to replicate the way the opposing quarterback would throw mechanically? Uh, no, not doing that. Now, uh, maybe that's not the right way to phrase it. But if there are certain mannerisms oh, yes. that the opposing quarterback goes through that can tip off a Jordan and say, we're going this way, yes, do you sir. try to replicate yeah, that? Yeah, sometimes they'll say, you know, if a, if a quarterback has a quick three-step, you know, I'll look that way to give the DBs, you know, indicators which they could use in the game. I'm trying to give the defense the best look and help the team out in any way I can. And I bet there's been a lot of instances, Jordan, uh, in your time here where that kind of preparation has really paid off. Yeah, absolutely. Nearly every game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we obviously look at tips and tendencies uh, that the opponent gives us throughout the week at film, you know what I'm saying? But definitely having an accurate look, an accurate scout look where it's ran fast and it's ran the right way uh, translates to the game immensely. It helps us, you know, a bunch. Yeah, I also noticed that you're from Baton Rouge. Yes, sir. Louisiana. Yes, sir. First road trip I ever took. I do the, the women's basketball games on radio. First yeah. road trip I ever took women's basketball. We played in a tip-off tournament at LSU, mm -hmm. and it was a game week for football. Yeah. <laughs> this was – they were playing Alabama. This was before Nick Saban got there. But still, for a guy that grew up here, to be in that atmosphere on game week was like – I was driving in a rental car on Thursday, mm -hmm. and they were doing a radio show about who the backup place kicker was going to be. And I thought, man, these people are wild. I mean, yeah. they're really into it. So it's a, it's a great environment to learn the game of football, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, just the passion and, and really just the importance that football holds, you know, where I'm from, uh, definitely kind of shaped and, and, and made me uh, view football in that way. You know what I'm saying? Football is literally everything at home, so it's awesome. Let me uh, ask you, Trenton, about the position of cornerback. Now, I, I hear this all the time, and I'm a casual football fan. I'm not going to sit here and talk x's and o's with you guys because i have no idea what i'd be talking about but as a casual fan i hear this all the time boy if you don't have a really strong cornerback you're just lost you can't win football games without a strong cornerback so tell me as a quarterback when you look at who's playing corner uh obviously that's got to be an important position to you to, to look at when you're trying to figure out what place to run yeah most definitely you know with the good defensive backs you know that's obviously going to make the passing game harder um, but if you really have good corners and good safeties with, with great ball skills and, and great disciplinary uh, within the whole secondary, it makes it harder to pass. But, you know, like they say, you know, uh, defenses win championships. And, you know, I think we have a great defense, and you've seen so far from this year what they can do. And, Jordan, I, I would think that it's, it's, it's a fun and challenging position to play because, as I said, the fact that the, the ball is in the air so much in this day and age in football at all levels, high school, college, pro, that puts a lot of pressure on anybody in the secondary, but primarily the corners. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, the game is kind of transitioning to everybody, you know, running spread, everybody throwing the ball around, putting the ball in the air, you know what I'm saying? So definitely in the secondary, you got to be in your P's and Q's. you got to be ultra competitive and have a short memory, just be ready to go all game. Now, having said that, uh, as Coach mentioned in the first segment, you're going to face a team Saturday night 
that runs, 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 and then after that they run some more. And it's that, too, is a challenge in the secondary because you've got to honor the pass. You can't forget about the fact that, as, as Coach Edwards mentioned, they're going to put the ball in the air at some point. They're probably going vertical. Yeah. But it's it, but knowing how much they're going to run the football, there's a lot to process for a cornerback in a matchup like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you know, Oregon State runs the ball very well. I want to say they're number one in the, in the conference in it. Um, but, you know, we kind of just play the integrity of the defense and do our assignment. You know what I'm saying? As long as on that play, on that call, it's not my job to stop the run. I'm not going to be worried about it because I trust my teammates to do their jobs. And if that's their obligation, I know they will. So um, it's not necessarily a super stressor, but it's definitely something we're aware of and something that will play into your game a little bit, but not that much. Trenton, I don't want to leave your hometown out. You're from Marana, yep. Arizona, yes, which I've been to Tucson a lot. I don't talk about it very often because yeah. we don't talk about Tucson much around here. Yes, sir. But it's just south of Tucson. Yeah, Marana, it's probably 20 minutes away from the University of Arizona, the other school. But you kept right on going past that campus you came here. That was the <laughs> yeah. smartest thing you could do. Yes, sir. And I really appreciate that, Trent. And we're, yeah, we're getting applause for that. Absolutely. Tell me about... Um, how you interact with Jaden during games. Being on the sideline, you get a chance to see things from a different perspective. And Jaden is a smart guy, and he, he manages the offense very well. But how often do you talk to him and say, hey, I'm noticing this? Yeah, you know, so we both came in the class of 2019 as well as Jordan. So, you know, we've been here together the last three years, and he's my roommate on the away game. So, you know, the night before the games, you know, we'll talk about what we like going into the game, what we're looking for. And, you know, I'm just another set of eyes on the sideline that, you know, he can use if he throws the ball and there's another guy open, you know, he'll come to the sideline. I'll be, let him know, you know, just in case that throw wasn't there, you have this guy as your backup plan. So I just try to help Coach Hill out in another way of being another set of eyes and just being like another coach on the sideline that if Jaden needs help with something or if I see something he didn't see, then, you know, next time he'll go out there and he'll be, he'll be ready. It has to be an interesting week of preparation, too, because like I mentioned, a coach that you have a different defensive coordinator. He's had one game uh, calling the defensive plays. You do have a little film to work on, but it's still, you, you know, like the defense did at Washington. You have to pick up on tendencies right away. Yes, sir. You know, uh, mostly on offense, you know, you're going to get, uh, especially with this defense, a really solid group all the way around from D-line to DBs to linebackers. But offensively this week, you know, we're just going to try to execute our plays and worry about us and, you know, what the defense does, you know, we're going to worry about that, but we're going to try to execute on our part of the plan. Now, Jordan, I just mentioned the fact that I, I thought Antonio Pierce did a terrific job making adjustments after the first two possessions. And Coach Edwards had said, we're going to pick up on some tendencies and we'll be able to adjust. So obviously there were some things that the coaches noticed in those first two possessions that Washington had. They made the adjustments and their offense really wasn't that productive after that. AP, uh, when we came to the sideline, AP did a really, really good job of moving things around, putting us in the right places to make plays. Uh, they came out, you know, they did some stuff, uh, some throwback passes and all this craziness, you know what I'm saying? When it really uh, settled down and was X and O's, you know, we lined up and I think we just outplayed them uh, with the adjustments AP made. I don't think there's any question about that. And, you know, the thing that uh, that is so important on the defensive side of the ball, the offense is trying to create a lot of offenses, not all of them, but... Uh, certainly one pass option, air raid. They're trying to create mismatches. They're mm -hmm. trying to get into one-on-one -on -one situations. Mm -hmm. And tell me a little bit about facing an offense like that. You, My guess is you probably say, okay, you want to try to mismatch with me? Let's see what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the way we play defense is ultra-competitive. You know what I'm saying? We have a bunch of ultra-competitive guys in the room. And uh, AP puts us in situations where we have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Play after play. Do your job. Get your job done when you're one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so 
Yeah, you know, I love that. I love that part of the game for sure. You, you get to blitz much? I get to blitz a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably like that, right? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things to do. And especially when they're not expecting it and you're going right at the quarterback and he sees you and he thinks, oh, no. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's much more fun when they don't see me. Yeah. Now, as a quarterback, you're not crazy about that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. No. But, you know, the thing, and uh, we were we were mentioning this, and, and we're with Trenton Borgay and Jordan Clark here on uh, All Aboard with Herm Edwards. This is an era of football where there's a lot of throwing, there's a passing in almost every down, every school in the country. But but this offense has been predicated on once we get a lead, we're going to turn and hand the ball off to the running back and we're going to grind down the clock. And some people may think, well, gee, quarterbacks probably don't like that too much. My guess is as a quarterback, you would like that because it means you've got the lead and we can drain the clock and get out of here. Yes, sir. As long as you're winning, you know, whatever the coaches call, you know, that you're going to go out there and do your job. And when you have running backs like the running backs we have with, you know, Rashad and Chip and Daniel, you know, it's nice to, you know, get a lead and be able to know we can we can round the O-line and the run game to, to get the job done and, and head home with the W. And it's a team thing, isn't it, Jordan, when, when Rashad or any of the backs – are starting to roll up big numbers on offense and they're grinding down the clock and they're keeping the ball away from the other team's offense. You as a a defensive unit, you feel that momentum and you get as excited as the guys on the field, right? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. We feed off the offense, you know, immensely. You know what I'm saying? Whenever they make a play, they come to the sideline hype. You know, we're all high-fiving. That just gets us ready to go out there and do that ourselves. So I think we feed off each other really well. You know, whenever side's out there going crazy, uh, we definitely are on the sideline like, yeah, like it's our turn. We've got to do our part now. I, I mentioned to Coach, and he talked about all the things that are going to be going on in Corvallis Saturday night. They're honoring uh, the Fiesta Bowl team from 20 years ago, senior night. All this stuff's going to be going on. They're going to whip the crowd into a frenzy. But I mentioned to him, and, and he talked about it, about how the visiting team can kind of get fired up for that too because you take on that us-against-the-world mentality. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's hard to predict now what the atmosphere will be like in that stadium on Saturday night. But assuming that it's going to be all craziness and fired up and fans going nuts, you don't mind that at all. That kind of gets you going too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I feed off that. You know, you want to play in big-time college football games like that, you know, in those types of atmospheres. And, um, you know, we have a we-all-we-got-we-all-we-need mentality. You know what I'm saying? We don't need anybody else in the stands but the people on our sideline. So I'm not too worried about it, but I'm excited for it. And I would assume you feel the same way, Trent. Yes, sir. Exactly what he said. I 100% agree. Nothing to add to it, yep, but just yep, you exactly. will be ready to go. Yes, sir. I like that attitude. Gentlemen, I appreciate the time tonight. It's uh, great to have you on. Good luck Saturday. Thank Thanks you. very much for being with us. Thanks for having us. Trenton Borgay, Jordan Clark, thank you for being with us on All Aboard with Herm Edwards coming up. Bobby Wade, Sun Devil assistant coach, and we got him out of Tucson, too. And we'll let him explain it coming up next on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. Back at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Remember, be sure to treat game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light. Remember, 21 means 21. And now we move to our assistant coach uh, segment of the program, and we're very pleased to have with us the uh, assistant coach in charge of the wide receivers, Bobby Wade, joins us on All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Wait a minute now. Come on. Now, he left the U of A to come here. He deserves a better round of applause than that. Very good. Bobby, great to have you on the program. Great to be here. The uh, I, I, 
I did this last week with, with Justin Wood about finding something in the bio that jumped out. He played arena football. He was in a movie. So we did the whole segment on that. Never got to talking about the tight ends. <laughs> but I noticed something here that, that jumps out at me. Uh, you were uh, the, on the coaching staff at Cesar Chavez High School. Yes. And I don't follow the high school game as closely as I used to, but Cesar Chavez has a very strong program, don't they? Uh, they yeah, they're good. They're decent. They're not as good as they, they've been, or they didn't get they they weren't were, as good after you left? <laughs> I would, that's a good way to say it. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was my high school football coach that was coaching at Cesar Chavez at the time, so yes. that was the real reason why I joined that coaching staff. And it was in the neighborhood that I was coaching youth football in prior to that. So it kind of just all worked together. Yeah, and you were you, – it was Arizona Saints Sports. Right. A youth football organization. That had to be a really interesting uh, and very rewarding experience for you. It was very rewarding. I actually brought my son with me. That was the reason why I got involved. He was just a little first grader when we first started. And uh, I was at home and just wanted to get involved with the game again and, you know, started with the younger program. And we started – we had the babies all the way up to, you know, 13-year-olds. So it was really fun. It was rewarding. It was a challenge, you know, to get them to just focus and line up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was fun to just see the, the joy and the love in the game just at that age, you know, and, and just see them fly around and have fun. You, big, you bring up a great point that when they're that young, they have such an enthusiasm and passion just to get out and play. It kind of takes you back to your roots a little bit. Absolutely. You know, that's, it, it brings you back to fundamentals of football, which still very well today is probably the basis of the game still. And then just like we talk about the love for the game, you know, just flying around, trying the effort and not really understanding the X's and O's and the schemes and, you know, personnel and all of that stuff. It's just about being out there, trying to fly to the football, trying to catch the ball and having fun. And as a coach, it's fun for you because you, the teaching aspect of it. All coaches obviously are teachers. And to get young kids and teach them the basics has to be a lot of fun for you as a coach as well. It is. You got to get into your creative bag. You know, you got to find a way. Every kid learns in different ways. Uh, you got to coach always talks about, you know, you got to have different programs for e each individual. You know, everybody learns differently. So at that age, you can really see it trying to get guys, get kids motivated. And then also, you know, trying to teach the game is probably the, the most difficult part at that age but you know the effort and the want to is there so you just got to find a creative way to do it i would think that both experiences coaching really young players and coaching at the high school level has had to have been a help to you at this level absolutely absolutely uh again you you rely on getting to know individuals understanding their personality before you start to implement your program and your plan you actually got to know the individual and, and see what they really need and what really works for them. So both youth and high school really taught me that. Tell me about the group that you have now this year at Arizona State. There's a lot of talent in that wide receiver room, isn't there? Lots of talent. Lots of talent, lots of personality, lots of character in that room. Uh, it is a growing room. It's a young room. I think everybody in that room has a, has a passion for the game. And it's just, again, trying to find a way to get them all to fit in together, but also to shine individually. Yeah, and it's it's a challenge, too, because it's a relatively young group, and you're working with still a, a growing quarterback in Jaden. So there has to be a lot of work to kind of get the chemistry working just right between receivers and quarterback. Yeah, and that's 
you know, that's the challenge, you know, trying to find enough time uh, for everybody to get on the same page. You know, lots of routes on air, uh, lots of film watching, you know, a review from practice to understand, you know, because everybody has a different way of running the same route. You know, there's a lot of personality in individual routes. Jaden stays consistent, but he has to be able to see all these different individuals in different situations. So it's much more difficult on him than it is for the receivers. But I, I think we're growing and we're getting better. I, it's a very simple question to ask, but for our fans who are not aware, you did play at the University of Arizona uh, in the late 90s into the early 2000s. That's not that long ago, but I would think that offensive football, as you see it today, has to look a lot different than it did when you played. It does, especially at the college level. You know, there's a lot of scheme that goes involved into it now. You know, it's not just about lining up and, you know, what, what I understood it as, you know, man versus man. You know, there's a lot of other parts of the game on the college level that you got to be aware of. And it just, you know, makes it more challenging, but it also, at the same time, uh, it allows individuals to really show their, you know, what they're really good at. So, you know, it's changed. It's still similar at the bases, you know, as far as the love of the game and, you know, and the fundamentals. So it's, it's changed. As you look at it now with RPO, Air Raid, and all the different variations of offenses that are designed to create one-on-one matchups, I'm certain there are moments you say to yourself, why didn't they have this when I played? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think the the difference was you could really line up in the man-to-man situations and catch you 10 to 15 balls in a game. You know, you're not really spreading that out as much as you are now. You know, guys, it's difficult to just – now if, if, if that happens, guys can key on that individual. And you can, you stop that one individual, you're shutting down the majority of their offense. Now you got to plan for a lot of different things, running back, tight ends, you know, multiple sets, multiple formations. So it, it makes it more difficult – it's more of a mental game than it is just pure physicality. Uh, it, it's fun for sure, uh, and it's just challenging for everyone. Now, and we're talking with ASU wide receivers coach uh, Bobby Wade. And by the way, I failed to mention this earlier. We, we want to make certain you all stick around. 8 o'clock, we'll take you to San Diego. Tim Healy, Kyle Doddle at pregame leading into 8.30 tip-off between Arizona State. You're applauding. Are you just applauding for Tim? He'll be so thrilled. And I'll make certain he knows that, that you applauded for him yeah, as he and Kyle will have the call of ASU San Diego State at 830. I wasn't expecting that. Um, let's talk a little bit about the synergy between the coaches. It, it used to be that there were a lot of, I don't know necessarily jokes, but people would talk all the time that uh, 30 years ago that the offensive coaches and defensive coaches were probably in separate rooms. They didn't even want to talk to each other. But I get the sense there's a lot of synergy on this coaching staff that you're helping out, Zach's helping out Antonio, Antonio's helping you out. There's a lot of uh, give and take between the offensive and defensive coaches on this staff. Yeah, that's that has a lot to do with Coach Herm, you know, making sure that w- we do do things together, even with recruiting, not just on the football stuff, but we're all communicating. You know, we're all ch- sharpening each other up. We're all challenging each other, but definitely you got some bright minds in the defensive room. you got a lot of bright minds in the offensive room. If we're not cross, you know, sharing that information, then we're missing out. But we do a really good job at that. We get a chance to service each other. 
Uh, you know, later in this, at the end of the year, we've been able to work with each other in more of an NFL-style practice. That allows the competition to ramp up, allows offensive coordinator to challenge the defensive coordinator, and the same thing. So it, it's really fun to be a part of the staff. And I would think, too, that you probably helped out Antonio in, in the early moments at Washington. Uh, Coach Herm talked about you had to pick up on some tendencies the first couple of possessions. Well, certainly the offensive coaches could spout those tendencies too, and I'm certain there was a lot of communication going on between the offensive coaching staff and the defense of those first couple of times Washington had the ball. Yeah, very similar offense. A lot of the stuff I'm sure they called the same way we called it. I know those uh, uh, Coach Hill and, and uh, their, their head coach, which was a receiver coach that got promoted there, they – shared the same offenses so it was easy to recognize formations recognize some tendencies splits and you know different things like that on on certain downs and distances so yeah, there was definitely some communication there that really helped us settle the defense down and for us to give us our best shot now you played obviously playing at u of a you're in the pac 10 you probably made one or two trips to corvallis but at that time uh, especially before that fiesta bowl team that came in here and pushed notre dame around Going to Corvallis was like they were playing in this just a notch above a high school stadium, and the town didn't care. And it's not that way anymore. But I'm, when you went up there, it was probably what we remember from years gone by, that it was really tough to get 10,000 people to show up for an Oregon State football game. Yeah, it's, it was it was different, and, it, and it's different now. They've, they've done a really good job with recruiting. They've definitely got a buzz there. Uh, you know, their offense is definitely one of the best offenses in the Pac-12. They do a good job of playing team defense together, and their crowd, you know, could definitely be a factor for us. Tell me a little bit, uh, because I wanted to make sure we had a chance to talk about this. We were just talking about it right before we came on the air. Uh, yeah, U of A's the rival, all that stuff. But I've met very few people in my life that were classier than Dick Tomey, who you played for in college. Tell me a little bit about how much of an influence he's been on you as a coach. Such a such a big influence. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I was a player that played for my coaches. You know, always we talked about my high school coach, and the reason why I wanted to be involved with coaching period was had a lot to do with him. Coach Tommy also had a lot to do with that. But you know, he was a guy that was extremely personable. You know, he can walk in a room and he, and he would, you know, grab the attention of the room. But he was very uh, approachable. You know, even as a player. You can walk into his office at any moment, ask him anything about not just football, but about life. Uh, you know, all his assistant coaches, you know, moved on and uh, did very successful. And it has a lot to do with who he was and how he groomed them to be coaches. And definitely a very big reason on why I wanted to be a college coach. You know, you describe him and it sounds like you describe him Herm Edwards. <laughs> Absolutely. Herm's the same way. You, you know, can approach Herm, talk to him about just about anything. Open door policy. Uh, very, very easy to talk to. Like, again, very approachable, even with all his success, not only as a player but as a coach. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's difficult to approach people like that, but he lets you know that it's easy to talk to. Yeah, and it, it certainly uh, it, it makes it more enjoyable for you as a coach. I'm certain he's been a big influence on you, and I'm talking about Coach Herm. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You know, tons of energy in the office. You know, he's always – uh, getting guys going, you know, uh, like I said, it's 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 him challenging everybody, not just an individual, but he does it with the players, he does it with the coaches, and that energy is contagious and it's very consistent. You know, it's not up, down, up, down. It is who he is all the time, and that 
is something that not only the players can vibe off of, but the coaches as well. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. As a coach, you have to be consistent. And I always remember from my baseball days that uh, when Bob Brenly became the manager of the D-backs, the best advice he said he ever got was from the great Hall of, uh, not Hall of Fame, but he should have been, and Joe Black, who pitched for the Dodgers, was a roommate. And Joe Black told him, be yourself. Yes. Do it your way. Right. And that's important, too, as a coach. You have to be yourself because players can pick up when you're not, when you're trying to be phony. Oh, yeah, they, they pick that up quickly. And they'll challenge that just naturally if, if you're not consistent and if you're not strong in your thought and your mental process with that. But, you know, even when I first stepped in with Coach Herm, he breathed a lot of confidence within me. He told me that, you know, I'm ready for the situation and just allowed me to walk right into it. Now, I can't let this interview go by. Something else we found out just before we came on the air, Bobby Wade has never heard about the greatest single play from scrimmage in Arizona State football history. It occurred in the rivalry game in 1991. The thing that shocks me about this is Gene Boyd was directly responsible for that play. I realize you didn't play at the U of A at that time, but I cannot believe he's never talked to you about that play. I, I need to ask him, and, and I'm you sure absolutely need to ask him about he, it. He probably has that play on his phone. He can show me right away. I, if it's see, a good, I don't even is it a great play? I assume it is. You don't know anything about the play. I, I don't. Okay, know. I'm going to set this up for you because if I was doing this show next week, we'd do like two segments with Gene Boyd about this one play. You weren't supposed to tell him I didn't know. I'm, oh, oh, to I'm not going to tell him that. So, 1991, ASU had lost. Tom Collins, how many years was it? Ten, something like that. Nine losses and a tie. This was getting ridiculous. So, final game in 91. Here comes the U of A. They're beat up. They're wiped out. They got like 40 guys in uniform. So, we better win this one. And the Devils are up 37-7 to with about a minute to go. Devils have a fourth down and ten at their own ten. And Gene Boyd and Kevin Minifield went to Larry Marmee, the head coach, and talked him into running a fake punt. <laughs> and they did it. Boyd took the pass, went 90 yards to the house. There was just one problem. It got called back for an eligible receiver downfield. <laughs> and since it was fourth down, it was a loss of down, and U of A scored a touchdown. I made the final score 37-14. to But I've told Gene a million times, I don't care that it got called back. It's still the greatest play I've ever seen at Arizona State. I know because, it and he kept he, he says that he doesn't take credit for it. He says Kevin Minifield went up to Larry and said, we can do it, we can do it. But I'm surprised nobody at Tucson's ever told you about that. Yeah, I, didn't, I haven't heard that. Why one. would they not talk about that play? I don't understand. Listen, I could talk to you all day. This has uh, been very enjoyable. I uh, thank you for doing this. I wish you nothing but the best in your coaching career. Appreciate you've it. got some big things ahead of you, and good luck Saturday night up in Corvallis. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Sun Devil wide receiver coach Bobby Wade with us, and we're back with Coach Herm in the fourth quarter of All Aboard right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Game day like it's the only day with an ice cold Coors Light. Remember, 21 means 21. And uh, Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. Tim will be with you in about nine minutes or so as they'll have the countdown to tip-off show. Tim and Kyle Dodd from San Diego, Arizona State and San Diego State coming up at the top of the hour. Stay right where you are, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. But for the moment, back with head coach Herm Edwards. 
I don't get to do this show a lot, and I always have a bunch of questions in my head that I always say, if I get a chance to talk to Herm, I'm going to ask him. I know how much you love the passion you have for coaching. And I tell you that one of my most enjoyable evenings of watching TV was one of those championship games a couple years ago when you were in the coach's room. Oh, right. With yeah. Chip Kelly, Gary Patterson, and we're just yeah. talking football. It, it leads me to this question. Have you had the opportunity in your time here to, I'm sure you have, to, to compare notes with the other head coaches of sports here? Well, not so much notes, but um, when, when our season ends, um, I've been very fortunate to be able to go and watch different coaches coach here. Uh, and I've taken my family. We go to volleyball games. We go to softball games. We go to baseball games. <laughs> we see it all. We obviously, basketball with, with Bobby. But it's just I watch them how they manage games. That, that to me, is, is unique. You know, every sport's different, but how they manage games. And, but not the game as well, but the people. Yes. But the people they coach. Because it, it, I remember what you said. You don't coach football. You coach people. Yeah. That's just a sport. It's how do you motivate people in moments when um, it can be tough. It's easy when it's going good. But when, when you hit some, some rough spots in a game or in a series or whatever it may be, what, what does a player need to hear from you as, as the head coach? The right. position coaches are on the sideline. But when the head coach comes by and says something to them, you know, that's important. The timing of all that has a lot to do with it as well yeah and i'm certain you know it, it, you mentioned that you, you go to games and you're not necessarily coaching along with the coach yeah. but you can relate to certain things that they're doing in a game and say okay i'm going to watch how they handle this yes the strategy of certain situations and this one you know like when i watch football on television i don't watch the games per se i watch the situations yeah, of the game and go, okay, he decided to do that or they decided to do this, and then this coach is going to make this decision to do that. So they all apply. It's all about decision-making and, you know, when you have to make a decision, when you don't. And the thing about the coach, when, when I on the sideline, you get to actually make the decision, but the people watching it on television or the people that come to the game, they all have, a, you know, they think they're the coach too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's when, part of they, the beauty of when, it. When they don't agree with your decision, you know, they, 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 they boo you, they get mad, you know. But at the end of the day, I think what you realize when you're the coach, you know your players and your personnel better than anybody because right. you're with them every day. Right. And, 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 and you never put them in position to fail. You put them in a position to succeed because you know them. The fan knows them from their number and watches them play, but they don't know the in and outs of every day. These young people come to work every day, and I know who they are, and I know how they, I know how they tick. Right. And that's what you try to deal with. I find that whole part of it just fascinating. Oh, it is fascinating. i, I got to get this question in very quickly, too. We talked about both teams being so proficient at running. Are you surprised that more teams at this level don't incorporate the run more? No, because it's a passing world, and people want to throw the ball. And the only way you can get a good quarterback, you got to promise him to go throw it 50 times. Yeah, well, I understand that. <laughs> Coach, I appreciate it. <laughs> As you. always, good luck on Saturday in Corvallis. It's going to be fun. It will be indeed. Herm Edwards, ASU football head coach. Now, Saturday night, we'll start it with the tailgate show at 6. Countdown to kickoff at 7.30. Tim, Rapper, and Sean will have the play call from Research Stadium starting at 8.30. But, hey, 
you got some reason to stick around. you got a really good reason to stick around right now because in just a couple of minutes, we're going to take you out to San Diego for college basketball as Bobby Hurley's Sun Devils take on San Diego State. Tim Healy and Kyle Dot Applaud for Tim again because I know he's listening now and he's going to want to know that you've applauded for him. Sun Devil basketball is coming up next. Remember, all aboard next Wednesday night. And stay tuned for basketball coming up next on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Mid First Bank Sun Devil Radio Network.